Are you looking to give your immune system a boost? This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals. Liquid wild oil of oregano with rosemary extract and natural honey flavor. Future Farm's wild oil of oregano supports a variety of healthy benefits, including antimicrobial effects, as well as supporting the immune system. Plus, Future Farm is the first ever to formulate wild oil of oregano with rosemary. Rosemary aids circulation, helps alleviate muscle pain, improves memory, and also gives your immune system a boost. And natural honey enhances the delicious flavor. Future Farm offers some of the most innovative products I've seen in quite a while. I use them, prescribe them in my practice, and I'm proud to recommend them to you. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Wild oil of oregano is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. Myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to part two of today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. We're talking to uh, one of our favorite contributors. He's Nathan Jones, CEO and founder of Clear Inc., X-L-E-A-R. They make uh, clear nasal products, also the Spry dental product line, uh, gums, uh, pastilles, uh, you know, for kids and adults. Um, And uh, so we're going over some of the remarkable new studies that have just come out on the benefits of uh, xylitol. Um, And so here's one that you shared with me. And again, I'm just really amazed at this study. Chewing sugar-free gum reduced preterm births in a large study. The study performed in Africa, in Malawi, a country where, unfortunately, there is a lot of uh, prematurity and uh, in childhood and infant and maternal mortality. Uh, the conditions are harsh. Nutrition is poor. And so tell us about that study. Well, uh, that was a study. It was done out of Baylor University down there. I believe it's in Houston. Um, we donated product to that study. I'm, I'm trying to, I don't even remember. It was so long ago. And I remember when they were doing it, what they started looking at was so they've done these studies a couple of times where they've given pregnant mothers xylitol chewing gum. And what they're looking at is cavities in their babies. Hmm. And it was done, you know, wait, they give the moms who are pregnant the gum. And so the kids Correct. are inside the moms. So they're not chewing the gum, but they're getting it indirectly. No. Okay. Uh, that, so this, I'm surprised you, I haven't told, shared this with you. So they've actually done these studies a number of times. Eva Soderling in Finland was the very first one to do it. Um, but they gave the, the pregnant mothers xylitol gum, and they had them chew it a couple times a day while they were pregnant up until the kid was a year or two years old. Mm-hmm. And the kids didn't get cavities. Okay. Okay. And that was duplicated in Brazil. It's been duplicated in in uh, Japan. In fact, at one of our meetings in Cancun, Yuki Nakai spoke, and that's what she was talking about. She's Japanese, and she spoke. Wait a minute. I was, I was there. That was many years ago. She was already talking about that? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were doing, and, and the reason why is because the bacteria that live in our mouth that cause cavities, that is a vertically transmitted disease, which means we get it from our parents, okay. we give it to our kids. Okay. So if you can block that cycle. Right. 
and you get rid of that bacteria out of, or we get rid of that bacteria out of our mouths, right. we don't have that bacteria to give to our children. Okay, so so so, so what I said earlier is, is that there may have been placental transmission. That's not what was happening. Uh, there was uh, the fact that you know moms kiss their babies, and you know there's they share food, and Correct. so the bacteria in the mom's mouth gets transferred to the babies, and that may be cariogenic bacteria. So so that makes sense. But this is mind-blowing because and, we and one step change, further, one step further because it prevents yeah. preterm births. That that's it's not clear why that would be. Well, so that goes back to so they were looking at that, and you know in Scandinavia and in Japan and in Brazil the miscarriage rate isn't as high as what it is in Malawi. They were they were going to look at this study in Malawi mm-hmm. and what they realized early on was that the women chewing the gum were having a 25% lower miscarriage rate. So they ended up stopping the study for ethical consideration. Yes, they had to give them all the stuff. And they had to go right. back. Yeah. Yeah. And so they went back and so, you know, we've been trying to figure out where they're going with it, what's happening and and you know, and we kind of in in the in the time we kind of said well you know what we're not really going to get anything out of this study and they finally presented it you know last month mm-hmm. but what it is and we need to do more research on this is that they were chewing two pieces of gum oh and i forgot to add malawi has a much higher miscarriage rate in fact it's one of the higher ones in the world which is why yeah. they picked up on right. this yeah because if you so, did it in a country where there's very little in the way of miscarriage rates you'd have to look at tens and tens and thousands of women it's easier to do a study in a country where the the rate is very high you there's a more uh it'd be easier to spot a treatment effect because of such a high rate correct and so but what we're but what we're getting and what we think and again this is what we think um i mean what we know is the result now we're just trying to figure out and, and postulate mechanistically the, you know, how did it happen yeah and mechanistically and so we've had many discussions with mark cannon and some other gut microbiome um you know people that are experts in that and and really what we've come to is that if you go back and historically over thousands of years eons or whatever it's only been in the last couple of hundred years let's 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 give it a, a big number and say 500 years that people have been eating more six carbon sugars than five carbon sugars Hmm. okay Hmm. more processed sucrose glucose fructose all of those sugars that are feeding all this bacteria then and those are inflammatory sugars that cause a lot of inflammation and it changes the gut microbiome okay okay but if you start even eating a, a little bit of these five carbon sugars that historically are the ones that our body and our microbiome, a healthy, what would we consider a healthy microbiome, mm-hmm. um, is more accustomed to historically, then you're going to start solving a lot of those systemic issues. Where in the diet do people obtain xylitol and five carbon sugars? I, I know that uh, 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 tree bark is a source of... Uh, of xylitol, but not a lot of people are eating tree bark these days. Although, you know, the name Adirondack, the name of uh, the tribe that uh, inhabited uh, upstate New York and, you know, gave the name to the national park there, uh, that means bark eaters. So they they may have eaten bark in times of famine and deprivation, you know, during the hunger season. Well, but ordinarily people don't eat beech bark. So where are their dietary No, they, they don't. But what they... But what they do eat is a lot of root vegetables, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily the white potato, but but other things that have a lot of, of xylitol. I mean, xylitol, xylose, 
which is the precursor to xylitol, is the largest um, sugar in the biomass on this planet. Wow, I didn't know that. And and so people that are eating the, the so before before we really got into um, you know industrialized food, the only times that we really ate a lot of six carbon sugars was in the fall when all of the fruits mm-hmm. were were ripe. Yeah, and so you would eat these sugars. The only other time that people really had access to these six carbon sugars was honey. Yes. And that's, that's really kind of the extent of it. But that was okay? tough. That was tough to but get ne- because you'd have to climb a, uh, you know, a 200 foot cliff and, you know, uh, pull down a beehive after being yeah. stung by an entire tribe of, uh, entire hive of mad bees. So it was, it was tough yeah. work to and get so, the honey. Yeah. But, you know, when you're eating, you know, vegetables, when you're eating roots, when you're eating things like that, there's a lot of, of these fibrous, I mean, xylose comes from the xylan that makes up the, the cell walls of all oh, of these plants. Yeah, that God, and takes, so me, takes me when back we're to eating, uh, uh, college uh, uh, biology and botany. Yeah, exactly. But that, so that's where it is. And so the more woody fibrous plants that we're eating, the, you know, when you're eating roots and tubers and things like that, um, vegetables like carrots, mm-hmm. a lot of these have a lot of that in it. I mean, if you take a corn cob and and break it in half, I mean, 40% of the dry weight and suck on it, you, you taste sweetness, and that sweetness is xylose. Mm-hmm. But 40% of the dry weight of a corn cob is xylitol. Wow. Didn't know that. But there's another uh, and that, point to be that's made. Where it comes and, and I'm sorry, the, the article makes this point, uh, which summarizes this, this study. Uh, and they also point out that uh, the state of the gums may be associated with uh, risk of miscarriage because uh, if you have a chronic uh, gum infection, it creates sort of an inflammatory condition in the body, and it sets off a whole lot of problems, including uh, the risk of miscarriage. So that's another theory. It doesn't have to be related to the gut microbiome. It may relate to the mouth microbiome, which influences the risk of periodontal disease and gingivitis. Well, we, that, that we have known for, for a long time, but, but when you, when you stop and think about it, there are a lot of diseases that have their roots in inflamed gums. I mean, there's studies showing that heart disease, Alzheimer's, diabetes, um, obesity. I mean, there's even a couple of papers out there with, with the current COVID-19 where people that had periodontis, um, periodontal disease made it it worse. Periodontal disease. Yeah, made it worse. Yeah. People yeah. that had periodontal disease yeah. were nine times more likely to be hospitalized wow. and die from COVID wow. than people that didn't. Wow. And I mean, if as a citizen of the United States, if our Surgeon General and our CDC know that and they don't tell people and say, hey, people, we see this. Brush your teeth. Periodontal disease is not that hard to get rid of mm-hmm. if you're going to take the time and brush your teeth and use a little bit of mouthwash every now and then. It's so, really easy to get rid of if yeah. you're using xylitol. So, so what's your so, theory? Yeah. What's your theory as to why the government is so reluctant to allow claims about simple, natural, low-cost, low-tech measures, but on the other hand, encourage people to take uh, vaccines that are new, that are experimental, that do have you know, no question about about it have side effects, although relatively uncommon, but sometimes devastating side effects. And then new medications, which are recently introduced, that also have side effects that are expensive. Uh, why the bias towards the latter 
instead of the former? Um, you know, I obviously I don't know personally. Uh, my theory is is uh, you know this is complete speculation because obviously I I don't have a a tele whatever they call it a telepathic link into you know <laughs> Fauci or Collins or any of these people. Right. But you know, I read a book years ago called The Language of God. Mm. Have you ever heard of that book? Mm. Mm. It was written by Francis Collins. Oh, wow. Because he was in charge of mapping the human genome. Yes. That's what that's what he hung his hat on and he did a, you know, he he mapped that. Mm-hmm. And he was an atheist. Mm-hmm. And he said that that mapping the genome and I and you know, it's been a while since I've read the book, but but he became a a born-again Christian person. Wow. And he wrote this book and he claims in the book that God writes to us and messages us through DNA. Okay. And, you know, and so he's been in there. And and what I think is they've been pushing to try to get this DNA, mRNA, all of this technology out there. Mm -hmm. And and this is just my my I'm guessing Mm -hmm. is that before him and Fauci retire, I think that they wanted this technology to be out there. Mm -hmm. I want I think that the damn the torpedoes, full steam ahead. Who cares if it dies? This is the language of God. Mm hmm. And we should be using it to try to solve more of our problems. Mm-hmm. And so, so without, you know, Moderna, even in, in Moderna's financial statements in early 2020, they said there was practically no chance that this technology would ever get approved by the FDA. Wow. And then two months later, they're yeah. like, well, now it's called a vaccine and we're going to get it done. So this is the impetus to introduction of this uh, new technology, which has promised to treat, uh, you know, all the ills of mankind, supposedly, you know, cancer uh, and all the infectious diseases that we, we face. So they want to mainstream that, that platform because that platform can keep uh, churning out cures. But you don't think that there's an economic reason or that there's a, uh, uh, I, you know, know that, that is the I, impetus because, I mean, you know, basically we're talking about David Goliath's uh, situation. Uh, you know, your company is a small fry compared to Pfizer, Moderna, BioNTech, uh, and so on. Well, I mean, I'm trying to think of how to say this. I mean, you know, what I do for fun is is I read. You know, you know me. We've we've chatted a number of times. I like to read research. I, I enjoy it. I love learning. And you know, I read a book, um, which I it, I wasn't. I was trying to get away from the whole pandemic issue, and so I read this book called Pharma. Mm-hmm. And if you're not familiar with it, it's a book about the opioid crisis. Mm-hmm. And it goes back and it talks about the Sackler family and how they do, you know, everything they were doing, um, you know, and it's 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 crazy. But do you know where the Sackler family first cut their teeth and made all their money? Mm. It was in medical advertising. Oh, OK. And do you know who their biggest customer was? No. Pfizer. OK. Pfizer. Right. OK. So and and it, I find it interesting that. When the opioid crisis came out um, and doctors were prescribing it and saying, hey, this is going to last 12 hours. Well, it didn't because it really wasn't a truly time release tablet. OK, it wasn't because the reason why people were getting addicted is because they'd suck on it for a minute and wipe off all of the the 
supposed time release <laughs> exactly chemicals. Yeah, and then they'd eat it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's no time release. Right, right, but, right. But the Sackler family comes back, or, or Purdue Pharma comes back, and they're like, <laughs> "Yes, that's a medical condition called breakthrough pain." And what you need to do is give them another pill. Yeah. I've seen documentaries on that. And and that's actually how they taught doctors. They said, just keep giving until the pain is gone. Keep, you know, and it's it's safe. You could just keep giving and giving and giving and, you know, just just don't be shy. Hike the dose. The goal is pain relief. And there you have it. Now we have an opioid epidemic. And, and, And now you look at these vaccines and Pfizer just took that same thing. Okay, you got a vaccine, but you're still having an infection. Mm-hmm. What do you do? No, it's not that it doesn't work. It's a breakthrough infection. Get another dose. <laughs> that's interesting. But, you know, that's an interesting analogy. What, you know, what surprises me is, you know, I, I look at these drug ads because they abound on TV. Actually, the U.S. and did you know that only two countries in the world authorize direct consumer uh, drug ads? The United States and... U.S. and New Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand. Thank you. you, have, you have bonus points yeah. for you. But uh, when I look at these ads, I mean, half the commercial is the list of side effects, you know, may cause, uh, you know, uh, may cause uh, impotence, uh, you know, uh, rashes, may cause, uh, you know, uh, psychosis, may, it's, and on and on it goes, you know, and, and then ultimately at the end it says, and occasionally death. And They'll go through that recitation. But then at the very selfsame time, you know, uh, another commercial will appear that says, take the vaccine. You know, you should take the vaccine. It'll protect you. <laughs> There's no disclaimer. <laughs> There's no man. Mention. You know, I'm yeah. I'm trying I'm trying to get a hold of anybody in our state government. I live in Utah mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm trying to remember where I read this. But from from I'm, I'm trying. I, I, so I, I don't really want to take it as, as a fact. But I've heard, and I'm trying to I'm trying to get this number pinned down. But I've heard that the government has spent about three thousand dollars per person. Oh, to promote in to marketing promote. Yeah, yeah. to promote mm-hmm. the vaccines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for every vaccine that's been given, the mm-hmm. government has spent three thousand mm-hmm. dollars promoting it on TV, promoting it in print, promoting it on social media, mm-hmm. promoting it everywhere else, in order to do that. Are you are you jealous that they haven't spent three thousand dollars per person to promote uh, nasal hygiene or uh, oral hygiene? I <laughs> I am not jealous. I would actually be disgusted if they did. Okay, that Honest that answer. is just to me that is just ridiculous. It's right. I can't I can't fathom that we you me and everybody else listening to this that we are paying that much money for our government to push a vaccine and they're still pushing a vaccine. That is for a variant from a long time ago. Right. Yeah. It's it's sort of uh, fighting uh, today's war with uh, you know the last war's weapons, uh, you know. And and uh, you know I, I saw a guy in uh, the elevator because uh, you know we're in New York and he's wearing a mask, and uh, you know as a courtesy I wear a mask when I go in the elevator. I don't want to freak people out, but you know at this point uh, they're gonna they're gonna. Re- leave off the, ma- the, ma- the, vac- the mask mandate. And, you know, so he's making conversation with me. He says, well, you know, I said, well, I can hardly wait till, till we, we have, we don't have to wear these masks anymore. And he goes, well, I'm going to keep mine on until I get my booster. And my answer to him was, yeah, but the booster is so it inefficacious against the new Omicron vaccine. Uh, you know, all the people in my family have had vaccines and boosters and they all got COVID anyway, <laughs> you know, and 
uh, I, you know, he, he said, you know, he was a little taken aback and got off on his floor and then I went to mine. So, well, anyway. hey, I, I probably should, should point this out that I have not been vaccinated, mm-hmm. but I have had COVID two or three times. Okay. So one can, I don't know when it was. Once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it was, but I did. Um, I think it was December. I, I know it was in January. I said, you know what? There's no way that I have not had COVID. I've been exposed because I've been walking around in clinics in Florida and Dominican Republic. I've been walking around all these places and, and talking with people that have COVID because they're in here getting treated for it. And all I, you know, I just wear a cloth mask because I trust in what nasal hygiene does. Well, they they did my antibody test and the doctor, you know, they call me on the phone and they're like, okay, when when was the last time you were sick? And I'm like, uh, I haven't been sick. And he goes, well, oh. when was the last time you got your vaccination? So, and so I you said, had asymptomatic infections. I haven't gotten it. You had several asymptomatic infections. Very. Yeah. Yeah. Very asymptomatic. Wow. So anyways, I, I just said I haven't. He goes, well, uh, at this point, I would tell you not to because you've got lots of antibodies. It was yep. like 7,500 Whatever measure they're doing yeah. it with, it was like seventy five hundred of them. Yeah, that's that's a good score. So, so obviously, you know, natural uh, immunity trumps uh, the vaccine induced immunity. You know, not not to say that the oh, vaccine doesn't hey, protect some it, people. You better be careful. Oh, you I, better be careful saying that, or the government might come after you again. Oh, that's true. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll recant that statement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so look, I but I, I want to finish by you know just reminding people that uh, there are a bunch of products out there that can uh, harness the benefits uh, that we've talked about w- was there any other study by the way that you wanted to share uh before we get to you know actual products uh i think we kind of ran, um, ran no, the gamut. I think that's yeah no, of, of the latest news i think that's uh you know all of them i i mean we have some other ones that we're we're trying to get done okay right so, now but you know it's it's hard to get them done because it's not a drug and Right. You know, sometimes, and, and we have one that's going on in the UK. They've been trying to get it done for a year. But, uh, you know, the okay. UK is worse off than we are when it comes to how Regulation. they do their studies. Very, very bad, yeah. Uh, yeah. So so when it comes to the clear nasal spray, um, there's it's kind of like there's classic Coke, and there's like, you know, your basic clear nasal spray, which is fine. But then there's some other variations. You want to share what else is in your lineup? Um, yeah, and if I have a if I have a minute or two, there's something else I would actually like to make a. It'll take me about two minutes. Sure, go. But I want to make a comparison because I want people to understand that our products, you know, the clear nasal care products are not drugs; they're hygiene tools. <laughs> and and I want to compare it because when you use just a salt water, that's like washing your hands with water. People understand washing your hands. Okay, and so you can just rinse them off with water, which is a lot of people do it. Okay, if you really want them to be cleaner, then what you do is you use soap, and soap works as a surfactant. It blocks bacterial adhesion, viral adhesion. You know, you helps squish it around, and it, and it helps block, um, break up other stuff from binding. The soap is kind of like what xylitol does. Okay, so using a nasal spray with xylitol is like washing your nose with soap. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's not irritating. I mean, people use baby shampoo, which if you're using it in limited quantities, knock yourself out. It's great. But if you use it on long term, then it's actually going to cause some irritation to the tissue. Um, and then you also have, when it comes to hand hygiene, you can use a hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And people do that. 
Yeah. Okay. You can use you'll kill, you'll and there's kill other off the good bacteria out there. with the bad bacteria because it's you know, harsh chemicals it, just hit indiscriminately kill off everything. Exactly. And you have a bunch of doctors out there, and I'm trying to get a hold of them to tell them to, to not that you know that they should reconsider what they're saying. But they're telling people to use iodine in a nasal spray yeah. prophylactically, which mm-hmm. if you have an illness, I'm not a doctor, but that's what I would do is mm-hmm. I would use something like that. Yeah. But if you're using it on a prophylactic basis, you're going to screw up your nasal microbiome yes. and cause a lot more problems I down agree. the road. That's a good point. Yeah. And and I only know of one company, one group that has ever done studies on the nasal microbiome. And that happens to be clear. Yep. yep. And we have done two of them. And it's very interesting how important it is. But, you know, and so the so the, the different products that we have is you have the regular clear, which is a daily hygiene tool, which is just it has a xylitol and it works at cleaning your nose, just like washing your hands with soap and water. That, that's the one I use. And then. And that's the one that I use on a daily basis. And then you have another how, one. By the way, how many times uh, for know, just general protection would be a couple of times a day or more? Um, what what we tell people to do is for the first couple of weeks you use it, use it three or four times a day. Mm-hmm. Your mucociliary clearance cycle in your nose is about three to four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the most you absolutely would ever need to use it is every three or four hours. Mm-hmm. But if you're using it in the morning when you brush your teeth, put it with your toothbrush. When you brush your teeth in the morning, mm-hmm. wash your nose. When right. you brush your teeth at night, wash your nose. Yep. If you're working in a daycare or a hospital or someplace high where you're going to be around a zone. lot of people, yeah. high-risk places, you know, use it every three or four hours. There's no harm in doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, and, then, and then we have one, the very first line extension that we had was, you know, the biggest issue that people have with their upper airway is allergies. And and so what we did is we were looking out there for some natural products that could help with that. And one that, that people are very familiar with that is a natural low kind of low-grade antihistamine is uh, capsaicin. Hmm. And so we put that into a nasal spray. It might sting for a couple of seconds, but it's much safer and better, uh, in my humble hmm. opinion than using nasal steroids, antihistamines, decongestants, and all these other things. And we, and you don't get hooked. as the company, and you we don't get hooked on that. You won't get hooked. Correct. And you don't get hooked on it. But we understand that there is a time and a place for drugs. We are not anti-pharmaceutical. We are the anti-abuse of pharmaceuticals. And here in the United States, our culture, we are abusing the heck out of our drugs. You know, if someone says, well, I'm stuffed up, well, let me go get some, Af- I, I shouldn't say that. Let me go get some, a decongestant, or mm-hmm. let me go get some fluticasone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and people do that. And, and that's not the way it should be because those things all work, those things all work at, sh- at, at solving the problem by actually blocking your immune response. And what our product does is it actually assists the cleansing mechanism, speeds it up, so it's trapping it and washing it away faster. Mm-hmm. But, that was our first one. And then the second one was actually a, a, a nasal spray with antimicrobial, uh, like uh, oregano oil, tea tree, eucalyptus. And that was so if people are, are starting to feel under the weather, um, you know, they can actually have something that will help clean all that gunk out and the bacteria and the viruses out even more effectively than what a daily hygiene tool would do. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. So, that, and, then, and, and then. I'm sorry, go. Oh, and then our and then our our latest iteration is what we found out is that even those pharmaceuticals, when you add xylitol to it, you're at, we you actually mitigate 
a lot of the negative side effects. So we have a nasal spray now that's out there with oxymetazoline. Mm-hmm. And and uh, but what the xylitol does is it keeps it so that your nose doesn't get dry, it doesn't bleed, mm-hmm. it doesn't you know you don't get all that. It keeps it moist, mm-hmm. but it slows down that production of snot. That that's if your nose is really clogged up and you need the decongestant effect. That that is a, a over the counter decongestant. And then just finally, just Correct. briefly, you know the Spry Dental products, uh, which are available at all the usual uh, natural market retailers uh, and also via Clear dot com. Um, yeah, clear.com also via Amazon. And they are, there are a variety of products. There's pastilles, there's gum, uh, there's rinses and there's kids products as well. Right. Yep. And I mean, the, the big body of research, I mean, there's thousands of studies out there on how xylitol helps with oral hygiene. Uh, you know, if you can get rid, like we talked about it a little bit, but if you can get rid of the bacteria in your mouth that create acid, you're going to change the microbiome in your mouth and you're not going to have cavities. And and this is something that our public health officials have known about right. since the late 60s. With with ramifications not they, just for your teeth and your gums, but also for your entire system, because we know that uh, mouth disease is systemic disease. It has ramifications for your heart, your brain, uh, throughout your body. So very important. All right. Good stuff. Look, uh, props to you for taking on Goliath in the person of the FTC uh, to make uh, legitimate uh, and reasonable claims about the benefits of something simple, which is nasal hygiene, uh, especially when we're confronting a pandemic. Um, you know, keep us surprised of what's what's happening, and you know we'll we'll uh, pick up with you sometime during the summer to find out what's happening and if there's any new research. Uh, where can people get more information about uh, Clear, the website? XLEAR.com. Okay. And if they want to go and read these studies that the FTC says are are not legitimate studies, studies that are done at, you know, Northwestern University, Utah State University, University of Geneva in Switzerland, Vanderbilt University, University of Georgia, you know, um, just go to clear.com forward slash science. And there's, uh, there's probably 20 some plus studies on there. And there's just a brief paragraph. Um, and then a link to where the, the study is actually hosted. All right. Well, let's hope you don't become a victim of uh, cancellation or the uh, campaign against misinformation and disinformation. Uh, <laughs> it's all in the eye of the beholder, unfortunately. And uh, the powers that be are seeking wow. to cut off our access to uh, important uh, self-help measures. So thanks for your efforts. All the best to you. No uh, that's okay. uh, Nathan Jones, CEO and founder of Clear Inc. Thanks, Nate, for joining us today. I'm Dr. Well, Ronald thank Hoffman. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, 
and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com.